wow, what a great many faces. Welcome to Peace Talks. Um, my name's Steph Benson. I've been volunteering as part of the Peace Talks team this year. Um, if you would love to get involved in it, uh, we would encourage you to, and you can talk to Brooke about that, who's coordinating Peace Talks. Um, there's also a little sign-up sheet if people would like to be on the mailing list for Peace Talks. Um, for those who are here for the first time, uh, Peace Talks is a monthly event. It's either a Thursday or a Saturday night. Um, aims to cultivate deep conversations about life, um, particularly around peace, which stands for political, ethical, artistic and cultural engagement. So welcome, particularly if it's your first time. Um, and as we begin, uh, we do acknowledge the country that we meet on tonight. Um, we acknowledge firstly the creator of this land, we acknowledge the spirit of this land. Uh, we acknowledge that this land cannot be separated from its people. And so we acknowledge that this is Gadigal land and we acknowledge the Aboriginal people of the Gadigal clan as we meet on Gadigal country tonight. Um, we also acknowledge that the 230 years of attempted ownership over these lands does not break the sacred spiritual sovereignty that Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander peoples have with these lands now called Australia. And as we reflect on the topic of tonight of voice, treaty and truth, um, we reflect and acknowledge the voices that were spoken on this land over 65,000 years ago. We acknowledge the voice of this land itself. Uh, we acknowledge the voices and the conversations, the yarning, that has taken place for over 65,000 years. And we acknowledge that amazing history. We acknowledge the deep wisdom in these voices today. And as we reflect on treaty and truth, we acknowledge the lack of truth, that the lies that were told in order to steal and to devastate nations already established here. We acknowledge the denial of personhood and nationhood that ignored proper protocols of welcome and disregarded the need for treaty. We acknowledge that truth telling and treaty are not issues for debate, but the very baseline for justice. And a personal note as I reflected on the NAIDOC theme, particularly of working together for a shared future I wanted to acknowledge the immense and undeserved generosity of welcome and hospitality and friendship that I and others have received from Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander peoples as a non-Indigenous person on this land. Uh, we acknowledge that this friendship is not something to be expected or taken for granted um, and that we will work for voice and treaty and truth in these lands now called Australia. I want to pay my respects to Aboriginal elders and Torres Strait Islander elders, past, present and emerging. Uh, Auntie Jean Phillips, as an Aboriginal Christian leader, I will pay, pay my respects to you. And also, Auntie Sharon Minicon. Uh, I wanted to acknowledge and pay respects to any other Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander people who are here. Um, Larissa Minicon, I haven't met you, but hello. Um, <laughs> Uh, to Cole Watergo Jr, uh, who'll be singing for us later. Uh, and of course, our speaker tonight, uh, Brooke Prentice. And also, the Minicons have brought some friends internationally as well. 
um, yeah, we do acknowledge any other Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander people um, in the room as well. Uh, well, our Peace Talks tonight uh, engages with the 2019 NAIDOC Week theme, Voice, Treaty, Truth. Let's work together for a shared future. Um, there is a bit of trivia to start us off. So, you'll find something that looks like this. Oh. Near you. Um, yep, if you have a pen with you, circle it around. I'll give you two minutes. Um, while you're doing that, if you came with any questions tonight for Brooke, uh, please record them down as well. Or if you, any come up while you're going through this, please record them as well. So two minutes for your trivia. All right, so Brooke Prentice is going to run us through the answers to this. Um, before we do that, we need to introduce her and welcome her to the stage. So I'm guessing that most people know Brooke because she pulls a great proud crowd. Um, <laughs> But Brooke Prentice is an Aboriginal Christian leader from the Waka Waka peoples. Brooke is the Aboriginal spokesperson for Common Grace and coordinator of the Grass Tree Gathering. Uh, Brooke is a 2019 Anglican Deaconess Ministries Senior Fellow. Uh, Brooke works ecumenically, speaking on issues of justice affecting Australia and sharing a message of reconciliation as friendship. Brooke has co-written and co-written and written a number of theological papers over the last two years that have been presented in Australia and internationally. Uh, Brooke is a founding board member of, uh, in Australia of NATES, an Indigenous learning community, and is currently studying a Masters of Theology through NATES in partnership with Whitley College at the University of Divinity, as well as being a scholar of the Australian Centre for Christianity and Culture. Brooke is a much sought after speaker and writer who is a community pastor and advocate who has a vision to build an Australia built on truth, justice, love and hope. Brooke has appeared on national television and radio broadcasts including ABC's The Drum, Soul Search with Dr Meredith Lake, God Forbid with James Carlton and Sunday Nights with John Cleary. She's also the Peace Talks director and today is her birthday. <laughs> Welcome, Brooke. All right, well, uh, thank you very much. Uh, I will also pay my respects to Auntie Jean Phillips. Uh, it's uh, amazing to have you here tonight with us and Aunty Jean will be sharing at the end of the evening as well with us um, and Aunty Sharon Minicon and uh, my brother Cole Watergo Jr and sister Larissa Minicon as well and to all of my uh, friends uh, here in Sydney as well. Uh, so yeah it's wonderful to share my birthday with all of you. Um, I really hope you keep coming to Peace Talks because uh, this is a really good crowd and um, we've got amazing uh, speakers and Peace Talks for the rest of the year. So uh, really have a look at what Paddington Anglican, what we're doing through Peace Talks and come together in community 
community uh, and just want to really uh, thank Steph uh, Fenton for emceeing tonight and Steph and Emma for being my Peace Talks team. So there's plenty of room for others to join that team. Uh, so you've got your trivia and all of you that know me know that I love trivia and uh, we want to have a trivia night here in Sydney to raise money uh, for Aboriginal Christian ministry. Uh, so we'll keep an eye out for when that's going to happen. Uh, but here are the answers uh, for your trivia. I have a printout for you as well, which I'll leave at the back that you can get on your way out um, so that you can share this with your churches and your friends and your family as well. So uh, what does NADOC stand for? Um, the answer is B, the National Aborigines and Islanders Day Observance Committee. How many got that right? <laughs> All a few. Uh, question two, who is credited with establishing NADOC week? Uh, that would be C, William Cooper. <laughs> uh, question three, what was the very first NADOC week theme? Does anyone know that? It is A, Advance Australia Wear. And so I'll give a plug for Surrender, the Surrender Conference in Melbourne in March every year. Come along to that. Uh, it might be a question there. Uh, Advance Australia Wear was the theme in 1972. Um, the other ones, uh, White Australia Has a Black History was the theme in 1987. Justice Not Tolerance was in 1995. And Treaty Now has never been a theme. I like to be a trickster. Uh, question four. Uh, this is not the first NADOC theme to mention treaty. Uh, there have been three times. So 2019, which is Voice Treaty Truth. 2001 is Treaty Let's Get It Right. And 1980 was Treat Us to a Treaty on Land Rights. And question five. When does National Reconciliation Week begin? No, it's actually the 27th of January. So National Sorry Day is the 26th of May. Uh, and there is some miscommunication out there that it's the beginning of Reconciliation Week, but it actually starts with the 27th of May being the 1967 referendum. So thanks for participating in my trivia. Oh, oh sorry, May. May 27th is the answer to question five, not January. All right, so let's get into tonight engaging with the NADOC week theme, Voice Treaty Truth. Uh, to start with, I actually want you to turn to the person next to you, uh, and we're gonna do this quickly, so you've gotta give you quick answers. And I want you to share two things. I want you to share what your cultural heritage is, and if you're willing, the year you were born, or at least the decade that you were born. Uh, and so when you share your cultural heritage, uh, you're not allowed to use the term Australia. So what is your cultural heritage? And for some of you, you might not know, and so that's, that's your answer, which is where we connect very much with our stolen generations as we move into National Sorry Day um, tomorrow. Uh, and so, yeah, so please turn to the person next to you, share your cultural heritage and the year or decade that you were born. Uh, so tonight, as I go through this Peace Talks, I'll share a bit about 
my lifetime and our lifetimes. And so that's why I wanted you to connect on that level. And so as we journey through tonight, think about that year you were born, the decade you were born, um, as we journey through Voice Treaty Truth and the true history of Australia. Uh, and so I do just bring a cultural warning for Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander people that I will use names and quotes and images of Aboriginal uh, people who are deceased. Hello, Australia. Hello, Australia. Hello, Australia. Surely you can hear me. Surely you can see me. Surely I am real. I have a voice. I don't have a treaty. I know the truth. What about you? Who are you? My people are from Waka Waka Nation the place of the Bunya Mountains, the native grasslands, the Bunya Pines. Where do you come from? As rock legend and Scottish immigrant, Jimmy Barnes asked on Facebook, are you Aboriginal, convict, immigrant or refugee? They are actually the only ways people in Australia can identify themselves. So what about you? Who are you? Where do you come from? How does that question about identity make you feel? Did you want to ask me what my other cultural heritages are? Mine are, in fact, Scottish, German and English, and I know the stories of those ancestors of mine very well too. But I say until the rest of non-Aboriginal Australia can answer about their cultural heritages without using Australia, then so will I. And why does this matter? because Australia has not heard the Aboriginal voice or voices for over 200 years. Actually, that's not the truth, is it? The truth is Australia has heard, but has ignored, assimilated, and even exterminated Aboriginal voices and voice for over 200 years. What is this? Racism? Racism that published in the Sydney Herald in 1838 about Aboriginal people saying they are the most degenerate, despicable and brutal race of beings in existence and stand as it were in scorn to shame creation, a scoff and jest upon humanity. They are insensible to every tie which binds man to its God. That was said only seven generations ago. How does hearing that make you feel? It's six years ago when I was organising the 2013 Grass Tree Gathering and one of the major denominations who does have significant ministry in remote Aboriginal communities said, and I quote, and this is in an email, we don't have one Aboriginal Christian leader worth investing in. When I said Auntie Jean and I had raised the funds and so you didn't need to invest financially in your Aboriginal Christian leader, they came back and said, as we said, there is not one Aboriginal Christian leader worth investing in. How does listening to that make you feel? Many of you have heard my Rethinking Reconciliation speech where I talk about friendship and it's on YouTube if you want to look. And this year, in 2019, I did that talk in person to a Christian gathering. And in the first few minutes of the talk, and it's one of my 
I think, most uh, inviting talks where I just talk about friendship and how important friendship is. And when I did that talk this year to a Christian gathering, in the first few minutes of the talk, a Christian man walked out in disgust. How does knowing that make you feel? You see, I actually struggled to come up with this talk. Truth-telling is hard, and Aboriginal people carry the significant uh, proportion of the burden of truth-telling in this nation. I struggled because I wanted to do lots of educating, but I've done that all around the country, and it hasn't had the impact I thought it would. I've appealed to non-Aboriginal people's ears, eyes, and minds, and many of you here tonight, because you've answered those appeals, is partly why you're here and I'm grateful to call you friend. But I've reached a point on my 39th birthday where I feel, I, Brooke Prentice, feel I can't do anymore. Tonight I knew I would be amongst friends, so I thought I'd share how I feel. I also felt that appealing to people's feelings, which for me is appealing to people's hearts, is actually the last avenue we have left. And also after the recent election, both the election campaign where Aboriginal peoples barely rated a mention, where Aboriginal peoples were rarely seen, but yet we face national emergencies like suicide, Aboriginal deaths in custody, the reality of the lack of closing the gap, let alone the racism experience which is contributing to each one of those things. And the election result, which left me asking, when will it be time for Aboriginal people to start to win, to see action, to be free. And don't hear me wrong. By the election result, I don't mean which party won government. I mean the newspapers, the discussions, the prayers. Aboriginal peoples and the national emergencies barely rate a mention. I've reached a point on my 39th birthday where the life of William Cooper, the life of Auntie Jean Phillips, and the lives of my fellow Aboriginal Christian brothers and sisters has reduced my brain to following the never-ending cycle of truth and trauma. I've recently been reflecting and feeling the lives and voices of four Aboriginal Christian leaders in particular. And for me, each life is separated by approximately a generation. The life and voice of William Cooper, the life and voice of Sir Pastor Doug Nichols, the life and voice of Arnie Jean Phillips, and the life and voice of Brooke Prentice. All four generations seem to be saying the exact same thing to Australia and to the Australian church. Tonight, I nearly decided just to read William Cooper's letters to you. And I might hold a night in future where I do just that. I read William Cooper's words, word for word from his many letters. William Cooper is credited as the founder of NAIDOC Week, so to say, and he was an Aboriginal Christian leader born in 1861 and died in 1941. And the book by Atwood and Marcus, Thinking Black, William Cooper and the Australian Aborigines League, publishes about 100 letters and articles from William Cooper's life, many of them in his own words. And in the process of truth-telling, I did want to share some of the quotes, the truth, from various letters of William Cooper from 1933 to 1940. This is some of what he says in various letters. 
History records that in the year 1771, white men first landed on the shores of what is now called Botany Bay. They claimed that they had found a new country, Australia. This country was not new. It was already in possession of and inhabited by millions of blacks who, while unarmed, accepting spears and boomerangs, nevertheless owned the country as their God-given heritage. From the standpoint of an educated black man who can read the Bible upon which British constitution and custom is founded, I marvel at the fact that while the textbook of present civilization, the Bible, states that God gave the earth to man, the Christian interferes with God's arrangement and stops not even at murder to take that which was, does not belong to them, but belongs to others by right of prior possession and by right of gift from God. In our primitive state, we Aborigines were gentlemen. Another quote. But instead of lifting our people up, the early comers to our country destroyed us. They were destroying people better than themselves. If we had been a treacherous race, they might have been excused, but there is no excuse for the murders which were committed upon us. There is no excuse for taking a man's life away without cause. We have a horror and fear of extermination. It is in the blood, the racial memory, which recalls the terrible things done to us in years gone by. Even now, we do not like to say much. We think if we open our mouths, we will lose even what little we have. Another quote. We are the sufferers. The white men are the aggressors. We need a modern technical school for our people. You may ask, where is the money to come from? But we have lost countless millions to the whites, the whole wealth of Australia. Are we not entitled to this? Must we lose our money as well as our lives? Another quote. We are human. We may be uneducated by white standards, we are fully educated by our own. I do not know whether all coloured peoples are the same, but we have a very high moral code and the principles of Christianity are part of our life. We want to get up to the same standards as the whites, but we are coming to the end of our tether. And another quote, but for our principal needs, what is done? We talk to politicians and they say, yes, they'll do this and do that. But the years go on and what is done? And so what has been done in these lands now called Australia for voice, treaty, truth? 86 years ago, in 1933, William Cooper petitioned the King of England for representation in the Australian Federal Parliament an Aboriginal voice to Parliament, 86 years ago. 81 years ago, in 1938, Aboriginal leaders, including William Cooper, gathered for the day of mourning on January 26, campaigning for equality and citizenship rights. William Cooper died three years later. It took another 29 years for the 1967 referendum, which happened on the 27th of May, and which now marks the beginning of National Reconciliation Week, 81 years ago. 56 years ago, 1963, Aboriginal leaders presented the Yakala Bark petitions to federal parliament. 
The Yakala bark petitions are historic um, in Australia and are the first documentary, the first documentary recognition of Indigenous peoples in Australian law, only 56 years ago. And so what has been done in my 39 years in these lands now called Australia for voice, treaty, truth? 31 years ago, in 1988, the Barunga Statement was presented, a call for voice, treaty, truth. The last uh, clause says, and we call on the Commonwealth Parliament to negotiate with us a treaty, recognising our prior ownership, continued occupation and sovereignty, and affirming our human rights and freedom. 31 years ago. 27 years ago, in 1992, the Mabo No. 2 case was handed down on June 3rd. June 3 each year marks Mabo Day and the end of National Reconciliation Week, overturning the lie Australia had lived for far too long, the lie of Terra Nullius. 27 years ago, 22 years ago, I was 17 years old. I thought a treaty and reconciliation were two years away at most. 22 years ago. 22 years of my life campaigning, educating, begging for a treaty. My lifetime. Two years ago in 2017, the Uluru Statement from the Heart, or just the Statement from the Heart. And please understand that the Statement from the Heart was not an extensive consultation. There were only 13 regional dialogues held and participation was by invitation only. They were not open to the public. Someone like me was not able to participate in those consultations. And I've not used Uluru as there was not su sufficient consultation or agreement from the traditional owners to use the name of their sacred site. And the statement from the heart is important as it cements all that I've just talked about decades, centuries in fact, of a call for voice, treaty, truth. And I actually don't want you to focus on the Uluru Statement from the heart, unless it helps you to connect with this decades and centuries of Aboriginal voice and call. Because I really want you to focus, your focus to be on voice, treaty, truth. I want you to use your voice to call for a truth-telling commission an Aboriginal voice to Parliament and a treaty and treaties. And I actually think they need to be in that order. The truth-telling commission must come first. And Aunty Jean and I, Aunty Jean Phillips and I, uh, on January 26th this year, held what I think is the first truth-telling commission in Australia. We got sick of waiting for the government, so we, the peoples, did a truth-telling commission. I want you to tell the true history of Australia to your friends, your family and your church, because I can't get around to all of them. I want you to not let the burden of truth-telling fall on Aboriginal shoulders alone. The truth that Aboriginal peoples have suffered and continue to suffer at the hands of Australia, suffering from the ignorance, the disinterest, the purposeful lack of action, lack of repentance, lack of restitution, lack of repatriation, lack of restoration, the continuation of lies and myths, the impacts and consequences of stealing, 
stolen land, stolen wages, stolen children, stolen lives, and the ongoing, embedded, entrenched racism that has lasted 250 years and 10 generations. I want you to show up to Aboriginal events, and especially Aboriginal Christian events, and to keep showing up. I want you every year to attend the January 26 prayer services uh, held by Annie Jean Phillips and organised by me and as advertised through Common Grace. I want you to take every opportunity to learn from Aboriginal peoples. I want you to give us opportunities, pass the microphone, pass the pen, pass the keyboard. I want you to stop taking and start giving. I want you to decenter your whiteness and know that you can learn from us, that we can help you to listen to this land, that together we can walk together in healing and hope. And I want you to feel. Let your heart, mind and spirit be unsettled by Jesus, the great unsettler. Aboriginal peoples are used to being unsettled, unsettled by society from the lack of voice treaty truth, which leads to sadness, anger, trauma and pain, and then unsettled by the Creator, Holy Spirit and Jesus, which leads to love, grace, community and ultimately hope. Reconciliation, conciliation, voice treaty truth can never happen by the will of Aboriginal people alone. History has proved that. We need you, our non-Aboriginal brothers and sisters. As Annie Jean Phillips says, your history is our history, our history is your history. This means you need to feel, but for you that feeling can feel like being unsettled by society, where you feel guilt and shame and disinterest. But that's pain that you have to go through. We go through that together. We're in this together. When you've gone through that pain, feel what it is like to be unsettled by the Creator, Holy Spirit and Jesus. Because I want you to know the feeling of compassion and love, which through grace leads to community and hope. That's why we can keep doing what we keep doing as Aboriginal peoples. There are moments, Australia, where I scream these words. I'll tell you about racism. I've been living with racism since the moment I shot out of my mum. 39 years of trying to be who they want me to be. But it's never good enough because there is something about us that they'll never accept. What is it if I could only put my little black finger on it? I'm just racking my big black brain. 39 years of smiling and making big eyes and not showing my anger. I'm done not being angry. I am angry. And if you don't like me being angry, then by all means, Australia, take my furious baton and run this race for me. Because we are dying in infancy. We are dying in custody. And we are dying decades earlier than you. And you should be as angry about that as I am. Be angry at what is happening to us for me. So that I'm not the only one shouting. These words are actually not my words. 
They were said by Miranda Tapsell on that last episode of the TV show Get Kraken. And go and watch that TV show. But I have run so hard. My elders past and present have run even harder. And I will continue to run. But if the race was fair, equal, just, and if we started at the same start line as non-Aboriginal Australia, Aboriginal people would have won, but we haven't won. How does that make us feel? That's us, us here tonight, together sitting in this church. This is the us. Will we stop competing with each other and not just walk together, but run together? And not just run side by side each other, but will our non-Indigenous friends put down your privilege, your wealth, your comfort, and carry us on your shoulders? And when we cross the line together, can you let Aboriginal people be the winners? Let's carry together the pain and burden of the lack of voice, treaty, truth. And so I want to leave you with William Cooper and Brooke Prentice. This is William Cooper's words. The Aborigines have human affections which can respond to human treatment. Will we get treated as humans? Finally, do you intend to become as culpable as our original despoilers? Are you like the prominent parliamentarian who, as late as 1935, said, the nigger has got to go, the sooner the better? Will you, by your apathy, tactfully admit that you don't care and thus assume the guilt of your fathers? Are you prepared to see a race of people without whom the centre and north of Australia can never be brought under human control, die and become extinct while you stand by and do nothing? Or are you prepared to admit that since the Creator said in his word that all men are of one blood, we are humans with feelings like yourselves in the eyes of Almighty God, that we have joys and our sorrows, our likes and our dislikes, that we can feel pain, degradation and humiliation just as you do. If you admit that, will you like true men and women, do your bit to see a great injustice, at least mollified by agitating for us to get a fair deal before it's too late? And as I close, I think of a story from John Philip Newell. John's been, uh, he tells this story where he had been referring to John 1.9, the true light that enlightens everyone coming into the world and reflecting on the light of Jesus within us as Christians. At the end of his talk, which was in America, a Mohawk elder stood with tears in his eyes and said, as I've listened to this theme, I've been wondering where I would be today I've been wondering where my people would be today. I've been wondering where we would be as a Western world today if the mission that came to us from Europe centuries ago had come expecting to find light in us. This year, tomorrow on this National Sorry Day, uh, on uh, Monday when National Reconciliation Week begins, 
this NAIDOC week, each and every day? Will you commit to feel, to feel voice treaty truth? May that feeling lead to action. May it mean our light, our light shines even brighter. This is my prayer, my hope, my duty, my faith, my life. I guess my hope and my prayer is that this is our lives together. Thank you.